Blog Talk Radio. If you knew your potential to live a truly divine life, you would never again choose to live any other way. Join us now on a transpersonal quest into the realms of higher consciousness and lasting personal fulfillment. Transform your thoughts, evolve your emotions, increase your intuition, and manifest a life of abundance and prosperity. It's time to discover your true destiny. Welcome to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin. Well, good evening, good day, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Divine Living Today show. Yes, it's that time of the week again, and we are going to have a very interesting show tonight. Um, We're going to be talking about um, a subject that has probably become become a bit of a cliche by now, and um, that a lot of people um, either think they they understand it or they've just given up on it. There are a variety of outlooks, I guess, on what we're going to be talking about tonight. And um, I'm hoping that in my humble way, I'll be able to shed some light on some of the questions that you might have on the subject. And of course, that is the whole question around manifesting and all the things associated with it, um, especially um, universal laws like the law of attraction. Welcome back to the show. Um, It's really great to be here. If it's your first time and you um, are joining us here for the first time, please make an effort to listen to some of the previous shows. There are recorded archives for all the previous shows. And um, this show series is based on my book, Divine Living, The Essential Guide to Your True Destiny. And basically, I'm um, highlighting some of the chapters from the book in each of the episodes and um, exploring it um, sometimes a bit more in depth in certain aspects and um, just highlighting all the things that um, that I have included in the book. The book originally came from the idea to create some sort of a manual or a guide for my students and my clients because I found increasingly that... Um, A lot of people in recent years have been having a profound spiritual awakening, um, but they don't always have the necessary guidance to 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 help them to build upon that that basic foundation that they have. You know, once you have your awakening, what what next? Once the the initial excitement dies down, what do you do with it next? So um, it started out as notes and stuff that I collected, um, and often from emails and stuff that I would send to clients. And um, then eventually I had this uh, profound dream one night, which uh, sort of served as a spark of inspiration. And from that, the whole book sort of originated um, because um, I was in the dream was inspired a basic structure, um, which I then filled out with some research. And the book then came out of that. So if it's your first time listening um, to the recorded archive of this show, please note the live show is recorded on Wednesday evenings. Um, So you can come and listen live on a Wednesday, and it's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Block Talk Radio, or 6.30 Central, or 4.30 p.m. Pacific. And if you're in the UK, that will be 12.30 a.m. on a Thursday. Western Europe, South Africa, 1.30 a.m. on a Thursday morning. And if you're in Australia or New Zealand, it would be somewhere between 7 and 11 a.m. on a Thursday morning. 
Welcome back to all my friends, clients, colleagues from all over the world. Um, it's really great to, to have you here. Thank you for all your support so far with the show. Um, the, the, the response has been amazing. Um, I think the, the total um, number of people who have listened to the show is at the moment, I haven't checked in a while, but last time I checked it was around 12,000 people that have been listening to the show. So um, it uh, it has been tremendous the response, um, and it sort of averages around um, three to four thousand people every week, and of course it keeps on increasing as more people um, listen to the archives. Now tonight our subject is like I said, manifest your desires. Now as I explained in previous episodes, basically um, where this fits into the bigger picture, as it as it is set out in my book. A divine life is a life of harmony, harmony with yourself, with other people, the environment, and the planet. And if you're living a divine life, you are living a life of balance between your spiritual side and your human side, because there are two sides to your coin. You're a spiritual being having a physical life experience, and to make the best of this thrilling life ex life adventure that you are currently taking part in, you need to find the perfect balance between your human side and your spiritual side. And once you strike that golden mean, you've established a divine life. And what that means is that you, of course, had a spiritual awakening and you are constantly aligning yourself with your divine self and with your spiritual nature. And then you are receiving guidance from your divine self to fulfill your life plan because you arrive with a blueprint, with a plan, and your life plan um, is something that I believe we devise for ourselves before we come. And it includes things like choosing your parents, deciding how you want to be born, where you want to be born, how you will die, and also certain highlights on your journey. Um, and this life plan consists of two basic components. On the one hand is your human mission. And that is your life purpose or your life calling. It is the legacy that you hope to leave behind one day when you return to your spiritual home. What did you achieve in your lifetime? What difference did you make in the world? What legacy will you leave behind? How did you help to make the world a better place? This is not necessarily your job. It can, be, it can take many forms. And it's unique to every individual. So that's your human mission. And on, then on the other side of your life plan, we have the spiritual mission that we are on. Um, and that is our sole purpose. And that is the, the spiritual growth and soul expansion that you're hoping to achieve in this lifetime um, through this human experience. Um, and you are contributing thus to ex expanding the universal consciousness um, of all that is. And therefore, our challenge in this lifetime is to strike a balance between these two components of our life plan. Because while we are fulfilling our life calling, we must also give enough attention to our sole purpose so that we achieve both these things by the time that we, that we are no longer among the living. Well, the human living in any case. So, now how do we create this divine life? Well, basically... Like I said, it's in a spiritual awakening, realigning with your divine self. Once you start doing that, you need to 
establish some sort of daily spiritual practice so that you can constantly align, constantly um, keep following your life plan. And in order to tap into that, you need some sort of a, a lifestyle that incorporates a, a spiritual practice, which can take many forms, and we've discussed that in a previous show. Now, while you are performing your spiritual practice, you also need to develop certain skills that you already have, but you, that you just need to, to fine-tune, basically. Um, and the, you, through your spiritual practice, you'll be able to do this. Um, it is a constant process. You know, life is a journey. It's not a destination, so it's an ongoing thing. And the four things that, that you need to do to achieve this divine life is to increase your intuition so that you... Uh, follow your uh, uh, life plan because intuition is the divine self communicating to you which direction you should be going with your life in order to fulfill your life plan. So it's increasing your intuition, it's um, sharpening your senses so that you also experience your human um, adventure much more um, vividly and acutely because we also do gain a lot of spiritual knowledge through um, through sharpening our senses. Um, then thirdly, it's also about transforming your thoughts. And tonight we will see once again why thinking is so important, what goes through your mind. The mind is a very powerful thing. Um, and thoughts are things, and they are very powerful things. Um, and therefore you need to transform your thoughts in order to... Um, ensure a divine life and then finally you also need to evolve your emotions emotions are also very crucial and we're going to see that again tonight why emotions are so important um, because they they help to guide us um, they tell us whether we we are following our intuition or not whether we are on track with our life plan or not so all four of these things your intuition your senses your thoughts and your emotions all four of these things play into what we are talking about tonight because once you've gained a certain mastery of these four things you are better equipped to manifest your desires and that is what we'll be talking about tonight we're going to look at the fact that you are the creator of your own reality you are the master of your own destiny and you can be do or have anything that your soul purpose or life calling requires. And we'll be talking about subjects like the truth about manifesting, which you might not be aware of. We're also going to be talking about the fact that the law of attraction doesn't always work for many people, and we're going to see why. We're also going to explore the whole idea of destiny versus free will. Is our life planned, planned ahead 100% is it all scripted like a movie or a, a movie script or a, a stage play that we have to play out or do we have a say in what happens to us so do we have free will or is everything predestined we're also going to talk about why bad things happen to good people that is a question I get a lot from my clients and students and that is why did this happen to me? Why do these bad things happen to me? We're going to be talking about whether there is such a thing as luck and fate and misfortune. You know, if bad things happen to you, is it just bad luck? 
or, or how, how did it come about? And then we're also going to explore the uh, the side of manifesting that bothers a lot of people, especially if they come from a more traditional religious background, and that is, should we be playing God? What is all this? Why? Why are we trying to control our own lives through manifesting certain things? Is that not God's job? Why should we be part of that process? Um, should we be playing God? We're going to talk about that. And then we're also going to look at mindful manifesting, as opposed to unconscious manifesting, which most people do. Because we are all manifestors, whether you are conscious or unconscious, whether you've had a spiritual awakening, whether you're still in the state of divine disconnect, it doesn't matter. We are all born by divine right as manifestors. But most people manifest unconsciously, without even realizing the power that they have over their own lives. Of course, when you are more spiritually aware, you become aware of the fact that you actually do have control and that you actually are a manifester, and then you can gain more conscious control over what you manifest and just make your life so much easier. It is meant to be. That's the way it's supposed to be. We were never meant to be unconscious manifestors all our life. Um, so the state that most people are in is actually a very unnatural state. And then I'm briefly just going to touch on some techniques that, that you can use to manifest all the things that you need in your life. Um, I'm not going to go into detail with that. Um, if you want to know more about that, you're most welcome to, to get a copy of my book. Right, so with much, without much further ado, I think it's time for us to start the show. Flow with the miracles of life and explore the infinite wisdom of your universe. You are listening to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin. Right. Let's have a look at manifesting your desires. I'm going to start off with a with a quote that is one of my favorite quotes. You may be familiar with the with the author. She was um she sort of rose to to um uh, fame in the in the 70s and early 80s by the name of Jane Roberts. She was a channeler and um, she channeled an entity called named Seth and um, in a book called The Nature of Personal Reality, Jane Roberts with, with, with channeling Seth wrote the following, you are given the gifts of the gods you create your reality according to your beliefs. Yours is the creative energy that makes your world. There are no limitations to the self, except those that you believe in. And that's what we'll be talking about tonight. That you actually carry within you the gifts of the gods. That you can create your own reality according to what you believe that your creative energy makes your world and there are no but no limitations to you and to what you can have, do or be except those that you believe in. Now deliberately creating, attracting and manifesting the abundance and prosperity that you need to lead a joyous and fulfilling life is essential to divine living. 
Like I said, you can be, do or have anything that your sole purpose or life calling requires in this lifetime. Your thoughts, your emotions, your senses, your intuition are your power tools that you can use to create and attract all that you wish for and desire. And to master those power tools, listen to some of the previous episodes where we covered those things. It's your thoughts, emotions, senses, and intuition. Like I said in the previous show, you know, your ability to manifest is one of the superhero powers that you brought with you as a spiritual being into this lifetime. And if you haven't done so yet, I hope because of tonight's show, you will reclaim your sacred birthright. Because you have a right to live a truly charmed and prosperous life, as it was always intended. So let's look at the truth about manifesting, because there's a lot of misinformation out there. I always say the law of attraction must be the universal law, because there are several others. But it must be the one universal law that is currently the most misquoted, misrepresented, and misunderstood in the spiritual community and in the self-help industry. The law of attraction has sort of become like a, um, a buzzword or a fashionable thing. Um, starting in 2006, with the release of the inspirational film called The Secret, which, which you may be familiar with. Um, it was a global sensation, and it still is. I mean, people all over the world are still reading it and watching the film. And um, because of the publication of The Secret, a lot of people became aware um, of their ability to manifest and of the concept of the law of attraction. I'll buy to buy a roundabout way for some. And of course, a lot of life coaches, motivational speakers, get-rich-quick gurus, all kinds of people, teachers, authors, have all been tossing this term around. And sometimes, sadly, without a clear understanding of the true nature and meaning of this profound universal law, the Law of Attraction is not a seminar or a book. The Law of Attraction is a universal law. It's a spiritual law. One of the most important distinctions that many people fail to make when they apply the Law of Attraction is that they do not always realize that the act of manifesting is in fact dual in nature. It's twofold. There are two components to it. And like all things in the universe, there's duality to it. It's like the two sides of a coin. Like we have day and night, male and female, summer and winter, life and death. We also have these two components that form a duality in the process of manifesting. And what these two components are, are two universal laws, not just one. Because most people are focused on the law of attraction. But very few people are focused on the law of creation, which has various other names as well. But the process of manifesting consists of two things. There's the law of attraction and the law of creation. 
So it's a process of give and take. It's a process of sending and receiving. It's a two-way process. And they must be balanced. So in order to manifest something in this physical time-space reality of ours, two things need to happen. Firstly, we must create whatever it is that we desire on a spiritual level. And we do this through our beliefs and our thoughts and um, our meditations and our prayers, etc., etc. And then we must attract whatever we created into our life, into our physical life experience. So as you can see, once again, we've got the duality of spirit and human nature. So on a spiritual level, we need to create, and on a human level, we need to attract it into our physical life experience. So the law of crea creation governs the process of creating. The law of attraction governs the process of attraction. Very simple to remember. And um, when these two laws have done their job, the ultimate outcome of this process, the end result, is called manifestation. By the way, on that point, I do not wish to confuse you, so let me just clarify this. I prefer to distinguish between the two terms manifesting and manifestation. In fact, I'm not very keen on the word manifestation. It always, for some reason, reminds me of cockroach infestations. <laughs> it just doesn't fall right on my ear. I often hear people speak of the art of manifestation and how to master manifestation, and it just it just makes me want to call the the what you call that the exterminator. The correct term should be, in my mind, be manifesting because it's a verb referring to an action. I am busy manifesting. I'm doing something. And that is the process of creating. And the term manifestation is a noun referring to the ultimate end result or the outcome of the process. So after you have manifested or you were busy manifesting, you end up with a manifestation in your life. So manifesting is something you do, and manifestation is something that you can see or feel or touch with your senses. It's there. It's physical reality in your life. So that being said, we have the process of creation. We have the process of attraction. Creation is sending out of energy. Attraction is pulling in of energy. So it's sending and receiving and the end result is manifestation. And this whole process we call manifesting. So let's look at the law of attraction and the law of creation. Let's start with the law of creation. It's also known as the law of manifestation. It's, I've heard of people call it, which actually is a very nice name, people, I've heard people call it the law of beamed energy because it is a beaming of energy. I actually love that, that concept. It's also called the law of action because it, it needs doing something. You see, this is crucial because a lot of people think that law, creating or manifesting is about sitting under a tree and, and visualizing things um, or waiting for things to happen, to come your way. Um, and it's, it, that's not how it happens. You actually have to do something. Um, 
we did not come here to be puppets or to be passive. We came here to be active, to do things, to make things happen. That's why we came to be human. Um, we wanted this thrilling physical experience, and we wanted to be able to be hands-on and make a difference in the world. Um, another name for it is also the law of deliberate creation, which is also a very nice name because it says exactly what it is. It's deliberate creation, not by accident, not unconsciously. Now, the law of creation states that consciousness is the source of all creation. In other words, everything that exists in both the material and spiritual world, or the seen and the unseen realms, are created through universal consciousness or infinite intelligence. And we are all co-creators in this shared reality, whether it's in this dimension or another. We are co-creators with the divine source, or God, or infinite intelligence, or the universal consciousness, whatever you prefer to call it. Because we are created in the image of the divine, because you were made in the image of God, you'd have the same or similar capabilities to create, to manifest, to bring forth, to will things into existence. That's what it means to be created in the image of the divine. And how do we know? It's because we have free will. You have reason. You have free will. You have the ability to make choices and decisions, to believe things, to think things, to do things. And this is not something that's foreign to religion or to, to, to spirituality in general. The concept of the law of creation is found in many religions and spiritual tr traditions for millennia. Um, I mention a few examples in my book. Um, one example, for instance, is Genesis in, in the Bible. Um, a powerful yet simple description of the law of creation um, is in the first paragraphs of the Bible, in the book of Genesis, where it says, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. And God said... God spoke. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Um, we find it also in the New Testament. Um, there are several examples. I'm just going to mention one um, in Mark 11, verse 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. As simple as that. There's also Matthew 7, 7 which is, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So you see, you see these things are not foreign to, to Christianity, for instance. Another example is in Buddhism. Um, the Buddha said, we are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. And with our thoughts, we make the world. There are also examples of the law of creation and law of attraction in varying forms in Taoism, Shintoism, Judaism, Kabbalah, New Paganism, Wicca, Shamanism. It's everywhere. And we also find it in our sciences, especially in the, the emerging younger sciences like quantum mechanics. Uh, quantum mechanics, quantum physics has shown us Energy can be converted into matter. 
energy can become matter. Matter can become energy. Matter consists of subatomic patterns of energy vibration. We've also seen through research that matter also exists as waves of probability. So there are these waves of probability in some or other dimension. Some quantum physicists believe there are as many as 11 other dimensions. And there are these waves of probability that can turn into matter. And the behavior of matter and energy, or the behavior of both, both the waves and the matter, is influenced by our conscious observation of it. This we know from the, the, the double slit experiment. Um, when, when the researchers observe these, these subatomic pat, uh, particles, they, the particles respond in a certain way based on the expectation of the, the observer. We also know from quantum physics um, that time and space may possibly be an illusion. I'm talking from a scientific, we know this from a spiritual perspective, but I'm talking from a scientific perspective. We've also seen that matter can exist in several places or dimensions, dimensions at the same time. Um, and we see this with uh, the whole concept of entanglement of two, two particles, which I'm not going to go into now. We've seen also with entanglement, we see there's an interconnected co-conscious oneness that underlies all matter. This suggests that the universe is, is like a web of consciousness or that it's like a hologram or holograph and every subcomponent of which you and I are also sub, little subcomponents of this huge infinite holograph consciousness, we all contain this encoding of the larger whole because that's what you get with a, with a holograph. It reflects the bigger whole, the, the, the components of it. So we see this in religion. We see this in the sciences. Everything that exists in the material world originates as an intelligent thought and was willed into existence. Everything created is first an idea or a thought in the divine mind and then it is expressed as a manifestation and you as a divine being as a, a, a divine being created in the image of the divine are you are a co-creator in this process of bringing ideas and thoughts bringing energy vibrations into material physical manifestation. Unfortunately, a lot of people are not aware of this. We are destined to creatively expand the universe through our thoughts, our inspiration, our imagination, and our desires. And that is why the law of creation and the law of attraction are first and foremost spiritual laws reflecting the inherent selflessness of the divine. Our ability to create only extends, please note, it only extends as far as we are able to be truly reflective of the unconditional love, compassion and harmony that define our inner divine origins. And unfortunately, this is where the whole get-rich-quick thing around creation and attraction goes off the rails because it's implemented as 
some way to fulfill your own selfish desires to attain a certain amount of wealth or status in the material world and that's not what these things are about and that's why it often doesn't work for a lot of people or it works and then it backfires so in other words what I'm saying without a solid spiritual foundation and a true alignment with your divine self your metaphysical creative power to manifest will always remain limited and mostly unconscious and the results of your manifesting efforts will probably leave much to be desired and if it if it works it'll probably bring you very little happiness or lasting contentment it is unfortunately a fact that true spiritual awareness and higher consciousness cannot be taught in a weekend workshop or seminar there are no 10 easy steps to becoming a truly awakened spiritual being spiritual awareness cannot be bought neither can it be faked or forced it can only come spontaneously sincerely and truthfully from within you will not find spiritual awareness in my book you will not find spiritual awakening in my book you will also not find 10 steps to becoming a spiritually aware person in my book neither will you find uh, become divine live a divine life within 30 days kind of thing in my book that's not what my book is about and many other books as well it's not what it's about my book is just guidelines um, those of you who are busy reading my book or have read my book will, will find that it's it's very democratic, it's very open, it's very respectful of all religions, all viewpoints, all belief systems as much as possible. Of course, there, there is a bit of a personal perspective on it, but I mean, that's only natural. I'm just a human being, and any human being writing a book will always somehow reflect a part of themselves in that book. But it's not a 10-step plan, because those don't exist, they don't work, because we are all unique. We all have a very unique spiritual blueprint and a very unique life plan with which we arrive. And therefore, there is no step one, step two, step three. This is something that you figure out for yourself. That's the whole point of why we came, is to figure it out for yourself. You came for this thrilling adventure. And being offered a 10-step plan with me or somebody else descending from the mountain with a 10-step plan is not... That's not the point of why we came here, because that would be like hiding your own Easter eggs, like I've said before, and that would be a bit pointless. You know, it will really spoil the whole, the whole experience. So what I'm saying is, the only effective way that you can unleash the creative process, the process of manifesting, is to have reverence and respect for the universal law of harmony you see there's a third law coming up now the universal law of harmony harmony with yourself harmony with others harmony with all living beings harmony with the planet and the universe if you have reverence and respect for the universal law of harmony in your process of manifesting 
and you are truly mindful of your divine origins. In other words, you are manifesting from the perspective of being a divine, being created in the image of the divine, and not from a selfish place. Then you would be prevented from abusing this God-like creative force that you carry within you. And you won't use it for selfish purposes. You wouldn't want to. You wouldn't feel the need to do that. Instead, you would use it only to meet your actual requirements or real needs to suit your life plan. True creative power can only become manifest when it's applied in service to others or the planet or to God. Manifesting is about serving. That is the key. If that is the key that will unlock everything for you, if it hasn't already. The mistake many practitioners of deliberate creation and attraction make is that they attempt to create and attract the manifestation of all kinds of desires that are outside the context of their life plan. Yes, it is true. We can do, have, or be anything that we wish, as long as it serves our soul purpose and our life calling. There must be balance, harmony, and order in all things. It is universal law. This is why it's so vital to make an effort to identify your soul purpose and life calling to the best of your ability. Because like I explained before, we never really know the full blueprint. We're not supposed to know. We're not supposed to hide our own Easter eggs. But we have a fair idea. I mean, I know what my life calling is. I'm busy doing it right now. So we can all find some sort of sense about what we are supposed to do. And we usually do once we become spiritually aware. Sometimes it takes a while, but you eventually do get there. Because until you don't have clarity about what your life mission is, it will remain difficult to raise your vibrational frequency to a matching level where you will begin to create and attract the experiences and the things that you truly need to serve your soul growth and to be of service to the rest of the world. Creating and attracting only becomes manifest to its full extent when it is applied in line with our original life plan and this is why it often fails the law of attraction for a lot of people now at this point I can I can feel some of you th thinking but what about me what about my personal needs what about my wishes and my desires how can I be or do or have anything I desire and then you tell me that I will not be able to manifest if it, the things that certain things if they don't serve the greater good. And the answer is simple. The, the, the answer is actually if you have to ask that question, you're still missing the point. <laughs> the answer is the question. You, you shouldn't be asking that question in the first place. But okay, you are asking it maybe. So let me give you the simple answer. The answer is in fact what my whole book is about. When you are truly awakened as a spiritual being in human form, you will automatically, naturally, without even giving a second thought, you will consistently and intuitively strive to align with the divine self, with your higher self. 
and you will automatically desire only that which is in harmony with your soul purpose and your life calling. Divine living is a life of harmony with yourself, others in the planet and the universe. Remember the seven maxims of divine living that we discussed in a previous show, one of the early shows? Do yourself a favor and go and listen to that show again. If you adhere and practice, if you um, uh, enforce those seven maxims of divine living, you're already doing a great job as far as getting into harmony with the rest of, of the universe. When you are living a truly divine life, you simply will not have any overriding selfish needs or ego desires that are not in service of the greater good. That which you desire on the outside in your material life will reflect your connection and alignment with the divine on the inside. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Let's talk about the law of attraction. Now, the law of attraction, in its most basic definition, states that like attracts like. And what this means is that, basically, like a lot of people would say, birds of a feather flock together. This universal law represents the magnificent magnetic power of the conscious universe. This power that the universe has to draw together similar energies for the purpose of creating expanding, increasing, and becoming. And because we are spiritual beings of divine origins, we also have this magnetic creative force working for us. And with this force, we draw into our reality those things, people, events, circumstances, whatever, that match your inner state of being. In other words, we attract life experiences, and material things that are consistent with our beliefs, our thoughts, our feelings, and our perceptions. Everything you experience in your daily life comes to you because of the workings of the law of attraction. It is essential, therefore, to gain a good understanding of how it works, because without understanding it, you will always be partially an unconscious creator, or an unconscious manifester. Now, if you are new to the concept of the Law of Attraction, or you've always been a bit skeptical about it, let's talk about that. Does it, is it real? Is it there? Does it exist? Well, evidence of the effects of the Law of Attraction, and of creation for that matter, can be found everywhere in your immediate surroundings. If you just start becoming aware and start noticing things. Stop thinking of yourself for a moment, because when we think of our own experience, we tend to become very ego-driven and become very um, subjective. So forget about yourself and your life experiences and what came to you and what didn't happen for you and all of that. Think about the people around you, because that, that helps to give it a bit of an objective perspective. Consider for a moment some of the people in your life, your friends, your family, co-workers, have you never noticed how their personal outlook uh, or their attitude or their beliefs or their typical state of being in the world, the way they carry themselves in the world, have you not noticed how that often reflects the reality of their life? Think about it. For example, um, I'm sure you know at least one person, you always have that, that guy or that girl 
that, that, that they always seem to be confident and assertive in everything that they do. And, and they, they always seem to exert this confidence that they have the right to have money and material possessions to gather wealth. It is their right. They, it belongs to them. And, and, and they are often also very generous people. You know, they, they share it. They share all the, the, the wealth because um, um, they just feel there's, there's always more coming. They just they have this confidence. And isn't it? Those people are always prosperous and fulfilled. And then, of course, on the other end of the scale, you have those people who are constantly complaining, constantly complaining. Every time you speak to them, I mean, the subject always ends up going to complaining about their lack of money. I mean, you would suggest, say, let's go on a hiking trail. Let's go to this um, yoga seminar, whatever. But they were always, the first thing they would say to you, always complaining about their lack of money and how they are penny-pinching and always fearful of being cheated out of their money. I have clients like this as well. Always scared they're going to be cheated out of their money somehow by others. Um, you know, they, they, they sometimes, some of them persistently warn others of the evils of money. Um, you get this a lot in the spiritual communities. You know, how can you, how can you charge people to do readings? Because it's a spiritual thing. How can you? No, it's my life calling. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I have to eat. I'm a human being just like you. It's, it, the whole idea of not ch charging for spiritual work is just totally ridiculous to me. I can never understand why people make such a fuss out of it. It's why do you want to separate your human experience from your spiritual experience? Those two things should be incorporated. Um, so, yeah, you have these people that, that warn you about the evils of money or they're always, you know, complaining that they don't have enough money and they never will have. And, um, and isn't it interesting those people are usually the ones that never have enough money for anything and they are often over their ears in debt and it just gets worse every year as another birthday ticks by. Then I'm sure one of my favorite examples is, um, because it's a bit humorous actually, well I suppose it depends on how you look at it, um, haven't you found that every family has, it's usually an elderly aunt or an uncle or a cousin or whatever that is constantly suffering poor health and they are forever complaining about it. And it's not just one health problem. It's like every possible illness that you can find in a medical book, these people suffer at some point. And every week it's a different symptom or a different illness or a different disease. And, and when they don't have something or they're not being treated for something, they always fear what the next thing is going to be. And, and they, they sit and research it all day on, on the Internet, you know, what the worst diseases are that, that, can, that can afflict them. Um, and guess what? Those people are always sick, always ill, always sick, always in poor health. Then something I often find with, with some of my clients is you get women that are, um, and men as well, that are very um, negative and, and pessimistic and cynical about relationships. You know, you would have a woman say to you, oh, well, all men are abusive idiots and they are all chauvinistic fools and, and I hate men and men are this and men are that. And guess what? Every time she goes on a date, she meets just another bad guy. <laughs> they just get worse with every subsequent date. Um, we are truly what we believe and we are what we think. What you think today and what you focus on today will become your reality tomorrow and it will become your destiny. 
uh, also I enjoy reading um, on, on the whole concept around relationship is Ariel Ford. She wrote a book, The Soulmate Secret. And one of her quotes I love, she says, if we believe that there is plenty of love in the world and we are worthy of giving and receiving that love, we will attract a different quality of relationship that someone who believes in scarcity or feels unworthy of happiness won't have. So if you believe the world is a loving, friendly place, then most of the time that will be your experience. And if you believe that the world is chaotic and stressful and fearful, um, then that's eventually what will become your reality. So believing and knowing that your soulmate is out there is a very important critical step for manifesting that person into your life. Courtesy of Ariel Ford. So what we think, believe and perceive is what we become. And if we think, believe and perceive in a certain way, we generate emotions that match those thoughts, beliefs and perceptions. And how we feel emotionally will lower or raise our vibrational frequency and how we vibrate will determine which life experiences will attract and which we will repel. So we attract those things, people, events and circumstances that resonate with us on our vibrational frequency. Like attracts like. Jesus says in Matthew 7 verse 16, uh, I apologize for quoting a lot from, from the Bible, but um, and Christianity is my religious background, so I'm most familiar with that. Um, but I also, st- the past few years I've been studying Buddhism. Um, but in Jesus said at one point, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And what Jesus is talking about here is your resonant frequency, your vibrational frequency. So what is resonant frequency, or what is your level of vibration? Well, I've briefly explained this before as well, and I'll just touch on it again. Everything in the universe is is energy, and it creates at different varying frequencies and intensities. And resonance occurs at a particular energetic frequency, when our level of vibration and the energy of the things that we want or do not want are of equal magnitude. Please listen carefully. It is when our personal level of vibration matches the energy of the things we want or the things we do not want. Like attracts like. If your uh, level of vibration says negative, you're going to be attracting negative stuff and negative people. There is no distinction between the way we attract positive or negative experiences. Our mental and emotional state defines our particular energetic frequency. So if you think negative things, or you think of the things that you don't want... Or, the, or if you believe that bad things always happen to you, 
or you believe that you're a victim of lack and scarcity and that you have to compete with the rest of the world for all the limited resources out there, or if you go through life focusing most of your attention on all that is unpleasant and undesirable in this world, you will automatically generate matching emotions and feelings of fear, deprivation, anxiety, depression, anger, skepticism, despair. And these negative feelings and beliefs will change your resonant frequency. And this in turn will attract negative or undesirable energy of equal magnitude into your life. And ultimately it will manifest as negative, unpleasant and undesirable things, people, events and circumstances. But here's the good news. Similarly, if you think positive thoughts about the things that you desire and wish for, or you believe that only good things always happen to you, or you have an abundance consciousness, believing that there's more than enough resources and well-being in this world for everyone to share equally. And if you go through life focusing most of your attention on all that is pleasing and desirable in the world, and all the blessings that you have in your life, and you live from a place of gratitude, you will automatically generate matching emotions and feelings of enthusiasm, gratitude, joy, serenity, inner peace, faith, hope, and happiness. And these positive thoughts, beliefs, and feelings raises your resonant frequency and this in turn attracts more and more positive energy of equal magnitude into your reality. And then it manifests into your life as positive, pleasant and desirable things, people, events, circumstances. Like attracts like. Unfortunately, not everybody knows this. And like I said, most people on the planet, alive on the planet today, are unconscious manifestors. They are co-creators with you and me, but they are doing this unconsciously. But before we go into unconscious manifesting or unconscious creation and attraction, it's time for a quick break. Is your life in need of a makeover? Do you need real answers and meaningful insight into the past, present, and future? With psychic medium and destiny coach Anton St. Martin, you can discover your true destiny and transform your life. Anton offers a leading-edge consulting service that is available internationally by phone or video conferencing. What are you waiting for? Contact Anton today at AntonStMartin.com. Your life will never be the same. Awaken your higher self and accomplish your true life calling. You are listening to Divine Living Today with your host, Anton St. Martin. Unconscious attraction. The fact is the law of attraction affects all of us. Whether you practice it in your life, whether you care or don't care or know of it or don't know of it, it affects your life on a daily basis. It's a natural part of how the universe operates. It's a universal law. Now, 
we all use this automatically. And how is this possible? It's the same as some of the natural laws. If you think of a natural law, which is different from a universal law, universal laws are spiritual laws. Natural laws are human laws about our physical time-space reality. Now, one of the most simplest uh, to understand uh, natural laws is the law of gravity. We all know what that is. Now, we never have to learn about the law of gravity. We don't have to understand the law of gravity in order to use it on a daily basis. We learn to walk, run, or jump naturally without having an explanation made of it. The law of gravity for us is simply a natural phenomenon, and we gradually discover and adapt to it as we grow up. But as we mature... Some of us are not always content to spend our lives doing nothing more than walking or running or jogging. We become aware that we are able to do more, that we, are, we have much more potential than just walking or running. And then we, we wish to go on to develop and master more and more ways to apply or defy the effects of gravity on our bodies. And those of us who desire more than the obvious become highly skilled athletes, dancers, aerospace engineers, astronauts. Think of anything that, that resists gravity. Athletes and dancers are not content going through life remaining unconscious of the role of the law of gravity on their, on their bodies or in their lives. For when we remain unconscious of the effects of gravity, there are limitations to what we can do and what we can experience and achieve. Now, why do I use this? As an example, because it is the same, the same truth for the law of attraction. We do not have to be consciously aware of the law of attraction in order for us to attract and manifest any of our life experiences. Most people attract their life experiences while being completely oblivious totally clueless that they have this ability to attract and create their own reality. And these people we call unconscious creators. And usually these people are in the state of divine disconnect. They are disconnected from their spiritual beingness. They are unaware of the fact that they are spiritual beings. They see themselves as, as mortal material beings that will cease to exist the day that they die. And then, of course, there are the conscious creators among us that also don't manage to deliberately create in the best possible way. And this is often, like I said, because they get caught up in the selfish greed and the obsession with material wealth and status. They want to be rich. They want to be famous. They want to be whatever. And the ones that are not selfish or on the other hand, you also have people that that their negativity, the, the conditioning of their childhood and the negativity just, and, you know, their previous life experiences just keep slipping back into their consciousness. So they keep sliding back into false beliefs and lack consciousness and a scarcity mentality and a negative outlook on life. The missing key in all these cases is a lack of spiritual awareness 
and the absence of true purpose that serves the greater good. Because the moment you are spiritually aware and you are constantly aligning with your divine self by following your intuition and listening to the guidance of your emotions and by transforming your thinking and starting to think in a more positive way and at the same time you have some sense of purpose to serve the greater good you have identified your life calling or your life purpose then it is just so much easier to manifest the things that you need conscious creators who do not live in alignment with their higher self and who are not synchronized with their soul purpose and their life calling will find it very difficult to fully harness the metaphysical power of the law of attraction Sure, some of us, some of the, some conscious creators who are not spiritually aware or not in alignment with their life plan, might be able to generate some wealth or fame, um, despite their lack of spiritual awareness. But it's unlikely that their life will offer them much joy, fulfillment, or lasting contentment. They will restlessly chase after another pot of gold under the next rainbow, never stopping to appreciate the real splendor of the magical spectrum of light waves and colorful display that is right above their heads. Let's talk for a moment about unconscious creating. Now, I divide unconscious creators into two sort of categories. Now, I know it's not a good idea to label and to, to categorize things too much, and that's not my intention, but as humans, from our human perspective, this is often the best way for us to understand things. So I'm not by any means generalizing or say that there are only these two categories and that you have to fit into one of them or whatever the case may be. These are just ideas and concepts to help us gain a better understanding of these very complex spiritual things. That, that will always remain sort of out of our full away outside our full comprehension in any case. So it's just another humble attempt at trying to clarify it a little bit better. Now there are two types of unconscious creators. Now if you're listening to the show, it, it probably doesn't apply to you, but it might apply to somebody in your life. So you might be able to use this information to help somebody else to reach out to a friend or a family member or a coworker. With this, with this information. The two unconscious creators are the survivors and the sinners. Let's talk about the survivors first. Being an unconscious creator is usually not a problem for most people as long as everything goes well. But when matters get out of hand and they end up being not so happy or prosperous or content, that's when we somehow know deep down that you know, something is wrong and it becomes a real dilemma. Now, sadly, a lot of unconscious creators, when they get into this situation where things have gone bad in their life, they tend to turn to self-pity and blame or rage. They believe that their partner or their family, friends, teachers, co-workers, society, the environment, God, somebody is responsible and accountable for their personal misfortune and for their misery. It's not them. It's somebody or something else that caused this. Unconscious creators are often slaves to their own lack consciousness. 
and they tend to make sweeping statements based on false beliefs they cling to regarding their own worth of or the lack of justice in the world. They've just made up their mind that the world is not a fair place and that, that it's somebody else's fault. It's either the government, society, the church, their parents, somebody's fault. Uh, you will hear the, the survivors say things like, I must accept my fate. I always have such bad luck. Things never go my way. God is punishing me. I must be cursed. I'm such a loser. Or they would shrug and say, oh, it is what it is. Or they would just say, simply, my life sucks. Um, unconscious creators often go through a lot of unnecessary pain, suffering and misfortune. And sadly, a lot of it can be prevented or at least be alleviated. I see this a lot in my coaching practice with clients. I'm often a helpless bystander. Having to witness some of my more stubborn, cynical clients turn themselves into powerless victims of their own circumstances. They either choose to become martyrs to their own fear, laziness or indecision, or they are in such denial that they are unwilling to change their self-destructive ways. They come to me for help because they are not content to let fate, chance, luck or destiny or whatever drag them by the hair along their path. So they come for help because they want to change it, but then they also make very little effort to accept responsibility for the catastrophe they have thus far chosen to manifest in their life. You need to start, you always need to start with yourself. Anything that happens to you, good and bad in life, you always need to start with yourself before you start looking around you. The most troublesome thing with unconscious creators is that they are unaware of how their creative actions impact the lives of others. I mean, apart from damaging their own lives, they also are of very little use to the welfare of their community, their society, or the general well-being of the planet. In fact, they often do more harm than good because all their unconscious acts of creation serve mostly only their own selfish needs and are not in harmony with the rest of the world. So let's look at two specific kinds of unconscious creation. The first type of creator is a survivor. This is when unconscious manifesting is mostly geared towards your own survival as a human being. So the survivor person is a person that usually only manifests enough on an unconscious level to get by for yet another day. They are so entirely caught up in scraping through and keeping head above water that they are blind to any other possibilities in their lives. Nothing else matters much to them. And ironically, the more aware they become of their own lack and their own hardship, the less and less they seem to have. We truly do become what we think and focus on. And when your attention is centered on what you don't have, and how bad things are in your life, you automatically create and attract and manifest even more of the same. We simply become what we think, say, and believe. And if your daily focus in life is on being sick or poor or lonely, you will be diseased, you deceased, diseased, you will be deprived, and you will be desperate. You are merely creating more and more of the same. 
And the, the big risk with the typical survivor is that they are missing out on some of the best things that life has to offer. And that's not all. The worst part is they are probably not doing a very good job of achieving their sole purpose or life calling. Because how can you, how can you um, achieve any form of soul growth or, or um, make a difference in the world by serving the, the others or the rest of the planet in any way if you are constantly just focusing on your own survival? If you're in the survival mode all the time, you're unable to accomplish your true destiny. Then let's look at the sinners. Now the sinners are unconsciously manifesting through lower energy frequencies. So their manifesting tends to revolve mostly around lower energy frequencies on the scale of human emotion such as pride, vanity, narcissism, selfishness, anger, envy, jealousy, hatred, gluttony, sloth, discontent, despair, egotism, conceit, self-importance, arrogance, snobbery, greed, and the lust for power and control. So why do I call them the sinners? I call them the sinners because many of the things that motivate or that drive their unconscious manifestations reminds one of the seven deadly sins that you find in the Catholic faith, also known as the cardinal sins or the capital vices. Now, okay, this may seem like an unfair generalization. It may appear that I'm being somewhat judgmental here. That's not my purpose. That's not my intention. I admit that not all conscious, unconscious creators are purely self-serving, egotistical, evildoers. But a lot of unconscious acts of creation do sometimes bring negative manifestations into our shared reality. And fortunately, a lot of the, the bad stuff that's created unconsciously is somehow balanced out by people who do good in the world. So I'm always thankful to those Buddhist monks that are sitting somewhere under a tree meditating because they're helping to bring balance to all the negativity that's being manifested by others. Think about this for a moment. If you observe the typical desires and manifestations of a spiritually unconscious person, how much of what they bring into our shared reality serves their fellow man or the planet that they share with us? Would their typical manifestations, for example, reflect the seven virtues of the Catholic faith? How many people do you know who consistently lead a life of true charity? How many people do you know? including yourself and including me. How many of us lead a life of true charity, temperance, diligence, chastity, patience, kindness, and humility? Most likely you do not know many, if any at all. Be honest. And I'm sure the few of us that might know somebody that, that displays all these qualities 
they would usually have one thing in common. They would either be devoutly religious or spiritually highly aware. And, and in my experience, these people are very few and far between. Touching on religion, I've never been able to comprehend why anyone would be judgmental or disapproving of the religious beliefs or spiritual practice of another person, no matter what it is. I thank the divine source, infinite intelligence, the conscious universe, God. I thank God for all the Christians, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, Judaists, Sikhs, spiritualists, new pagans, and millions of dedicated followers of all the other world religions, all the world religions, who profess the values of unconditional love, peace, and harmony. And I'll tell you why. Because the beliefs of all these people that are following some or other religion, and I reiterate, any world religion that profess the values of unconditional love, peace and harmony, these people, their beliefs and their practices, their daily spiritual practices, contribute an infinite amount to our continued expansion and evolution as a species. They make our world a safer and a more pleasant place than it would otherwise be. Do not judge your fellow man for being a Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, Judaist, spiritualist, pagan, whatever. Do not do that unless that person is causing harm to others, which is very unlikely. There are very few religions that are geared to harming others. And I'm not, I'm not including those, obviously. Know that every religious prayer Every meditation, every trance, every initiation, every song and dance that sends positive higher vibration energy into the conscious universe every day brings balance to all the negative, immoral and destructive acts of creation that we sometimes commit, all of us, as fallible human beings, whether it's conscious or unconscious. For those among us who are unconsciously creating that which may be negative and destructive in the world, often because of fear, resistance, lack consciousness, or spiritual disconnection, there are just as many other spiritually aware souls who create all that may be positive and constructive in our world because of their belief in kindness, compassion, selflessness, harmony, peace, and unconditional love. Is the conscious universe not an amazing place? It is universal law. In everything in the universe, there is always perfect balance. I'm thankful for every religion and every act of worship in the world that serves the continued expansion of our universe and that invites joy, peace, goodwill, charity, compassion and unconditional love into our shared human experience. These religious acts of creation serve to maintain, support, and improve our physical life experience for ourselves and for many generations to come. Now, speaking of religion, let's talk for a moment about why should we play God? 
because I'm sure some of you are asking this, why should we be manifesting things for ourselves? Why do we not leave? If I, if I pray to a God or gods, why do I not leave it up to them? Why am I interfering with this? Why am I playing God? The fact is that the universe will continue to expand and we will continue to evolve mostly without our own conscious awareness of how we contribute and participate in this magnificent process. So, in this case, why would we want to consciously create and manifest? Would it not be better for us to remain on autopilot and, and let the divine source or God take care of everything? The fact is, the reality is that we were never meant to be unconscious creators. We were never meant to be survivors or sinners. We are born co-creators. We have always had a duty to our fellow man and to all of divine creation to contribute to the formation of an increasingly better world and a brighter future. It is part of your life mission. You did not come here to sit back and do nothing. We were given free will to choose how we wish to live and how we prefer to evolve and to enable us to exert our free will and to make it manifest in our lives. We were given a profoundly divine gift, namely the ability to create and shape and mold and direct and attract and manifest our needs and desires. We are expected to apply this gift in service to the greater good. Our earthly life is not a free ride. We must earn our keep while we are here. In fact, we have reached the stage in our development now as a species, humanity, mankind. We have reached the stage where, where it has become our divine duty to consciously participate in our own evolution. The divine life does not only serve the individual, it also serves the greater good. It ensures a life of service to humanity, as well as the creative expansion of the universe. A divine life is a life of harmony, and when we live in harmony with ourselves, others, our environment, our planet, all the universal laws of the universe, then we are expressing the truth and the essence of our divine nature. And once you come into a place of harmony in your daily life, you will begin to see the miracle of your divine origins manifest on a daily basis. You will have many divine blessings and you will have a truly awakened and abundant life. And to achieve, achieve this level of harmony, it's important to adopt and implement the maxims of divine living. Keep these truths in mind in your daily life and you will become a creator of many miracles in your own life and the lives of others. At this point I'm going to take a uh, break and just um, have some water and it's also a nature break for you or to do what get yourself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or something a little stronger whatever works for you at this time of the day or night and um, I'll be back to discuss manifesting your desires after this flow with the miracles of life and explore the infinite wisdom of your universe 
You are listening to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin.
Hello, my name is Res Miranda. If you're having relationship, career, or life issues, I'm inviting you to experience what it's like to have access to professional, highly accurate psychics and spiritual advisors you can trust to care and help you. Register now to get your free six-minute reading by telephone or chat. Get answers. Get access. Psychic Access, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. PsychicAccess.com Do you long for a truly awakened and abundant new life? Divine Living, the essential guide to your true destiny, will awaken your higher self and empower you to achieve your soul purpose and true life calling. Divine Living is the definitive new guide to designing an authentic life of happiness and fulfillment. It will inspire you to change your reality and make a real difference in the world. Get your copy of Divine Living today at Amazon.com and DivineLivingBook.com. Discover your true destiny and transform your life. Welcome back to Divine Living Today with Psychic Medium and Destiny Coach, Anton St. Martin. All right, welcome back to the show. For the last bit of the show, I want to talk about luck and fate and why bad things happen to good people and about destiny and free will. Is our life predestined? Is it a pre-written thing and we don't have much say in what happens? We just have to follow this script that has been written for our life. Or do we have complete free will where we make it up as we go along? And tomorrow, what will happen tomorrow will depend on what you decide to make happen. Well, the truth is that it's a bit of both. On the one hand, a part of our life is predestined. And on the other hand, a part of our life is based on our free will. How this works is, we come with a life plan. Some people believe the life plan was designed by God. Others believe they do it themselves. Others believe they do it in conjunction with God or in conjunction with several spiritual entities, whatever the case may be. Whatever your belief system is, we arrive with a life plan, with a blueprint. Now, this life plan is not a detailed plan every single day of your life mapped out in advance for the next 70, 80, if you're lucky, 90 or 100 years. It is a matter of highlights, of milestones. The major events in your life are predestined. And why are they predestined? Because we need certain challenges and special moments and certain key events that steer our life in a certain direction for us to be able to fulfill our life plan. Because you have a soul purpose and a life purpose. And you want to achieve these two things. And sometimes you need these markers or milestones that would trigger your life to go in a certain direction in order for you to have that soul growth or to, to, to achieve your life calling. That's why you often find that people who go through sometimes even tragic events in their life, they turn it around and they make a life calling out of it. Um, that's that's an extreme example, but a very good example. Um, people who lose limbs, people who, who become paraplegic, that kind of thing. Um, and they actually, too, they become motivational speakers, etc., or teachers of children, etc. They, they make a difference in the world. So um, th- that's a very extreme example. Um, but I mean, this this... These predestined events go right down to some of the most mundane things that sometimes happen in our life. 
How do we know these things are predestined? Which, which are the predestined things that happen to you? Not always, but a lot of the time, it's very easy to identify. It's usually the things in your life that, that you don't have control over. It is something that you didn't manifest yourself. It is, it's not even something that you ever thought of. Sometimes it's something you didn't even know that existed and it happens to you. Or it comes across your path. So it's usually things that are beyond our control, often sometimes outside our awareness, but these things just happen to us. And it's often some of our major life events, like it's, it definitely is um, our birth, all the circumstances around our birth, our parents, who our parents will be, when and where we will be born. And also, I believe that we choose how we, we're going to die and exactly how this, what this, when, where, and how. Um, and then the in-between. Often it has to do with the person you marry, the children that you bring into the world. Although, remember, your children also choose you as a parent. So um, sometimes these things are planned generations in advance. Um, and, and that kind of thing. Major life events, both the good and the bad. But that's only a fraction of your life. The rest of your life, is based on your free will. The rest of it you make up as you go on, from day to day. And that's where manifesting your desires comes in, because you manifest your future every single day. What you think and feel and believe and say and do today will create your future tomorrow. So those, that handful of predestined stuff that, that's going to come across your path, whether you like it or not, and you can't be mad at anyone because it happens to you you can't blame anybody for it because you planned this for yourself so you wanted this to happen to you and there's a lot of there's a lot of relief in knowing that but that's only a fraction of your life the rest you have complete control over in this lifetime and that brings us to why bad things happen to good people now some very a, a little bit of the bad stuff that happens to people sometimes usually major stuff, are often predestined. So we don't have control over it. It's just, it's just how it was meant to be. And, and if you are in that situation in your life right now, or you recently went through something like that, please em try to embrace it instead of resisting it. Because it's part of your life plan. And the moment you embrace it, you will turn it all around for yourself. You still, even if you've lost something very important in your life, whether it's your health, a special person, your home, whatever, just know that um, that there is a blessing in every darkness that comes into your life. It just there's one thing nobody or nothing can take away from you, and that is your choice about how you're going to respond, how you're going to feel about something. You have a choice. You have a decision. You have the control. You have the power in your hands. The life can take away everything from you, but it cannot take away your free will to choose how you're going to react, how you're going to feel, how you're going to think about it. However, that being said, a lot of the bad stuff that happens to people is stuff they created for themselves. And now I know it's not nice to hear this. I even don't like saying it myself. Because I know I'm guilty of this. A lot of the negative things that happen to us in our lifetime are our own ego creations. They are not predestined in your life plan. They are not the work of the divine self. 
they are the work of the human ego, the false ego. We did not come into this lifetime to suffer or to endure all kinds of hardship and pain and deprivation. In fact, if you look very careful, you will notice that the majority of misfortune, scarcity and calamity that people endure in this world is mostly man-made. They are our own creations. Look, there are, there are some so-called acts of God, like natural disasters. I mean, you don't control that. But you know what? Even some of those natural disasters, we play a role in. We, we as humans, as a species, cause some of those natural disasters. Of course, not all of them, but some of them we do play a role in. I mean, we interrupt the natural flow of rivers by constructing dams everywhere. We build our homes below water lines. We suppress natural fires. We contaminate our groundwater with deadly chemicals through, through things like fracking for gas. Um, we, we, we inject greenhouse gases and aerosol particles into the atmosphere and we cause natural disasters. We cause climate change and things like that. Some experts even speculate that human activity may be the cause of some earthquakes. So the point I'm making is that a lot of the stuff that, bad stuff that happened to good people are sometimes the result of their own creation. Sometimes it's predestined, sometimes it's your own creation. We are perfectly within our power to prevent a lot of the negative stuff and experiences that happen in our life. And what you need to do is, first step is to accept responsibility for your own negative acts of creation and set out instead to, con to consciously manifest a divine life. That's what tonight's show is about. Your life plan does have a lot of built-in experiences and lessons that you, that you want to encounter in this lifetime. These things are destined to happen to you one way or the other. But how good or bad the actual experience turns out to be will depend on you. It will depend on what you choose to think, what you choose to feel, what you decide and what you ultimately do. It will depend on your thoughts, your emotions, your senses and your intuitions. Let's talk about luck. What about luck? Does luck exist? Is it true that some people are just lucky? Or are we just sometimes lucky that something happens to us? Or, or did we bring that about ourselves? I explain to people the, the concept of around luck and the fact that it doesn't really exist, not in the way that we tend to think. By, by dividing these events that we consider fate or luck or misfortune, or good things, good luck, are divided into four pathways. And basically in this lifetime, you have a choice which of these four pathways you are going to follow when it comes to these kinds of unexpected events in your life. The first path that you can choose is the path of luck. You know, that's when we experience good fortune, you know, something happens to us and people say, oh, you're so lucky, you know, it's wonderful that this has happened to you. And um, it often happens to people that you feel are not really deserving. Have you noticed? At so many times you think, oh, 
Why did he win the prize? Or why did she get the trophy? Because I would have been, you know, they don't really need it. They don't really deserve it. Why is it all the good things happening to them and not to me? Why are these people having good fortune? Well, it's simple. Luck, that kind of luck, good fortune, happens when we unconsciously create something and then attract it into our life through a positive high vibration or resonant frequency. So it's all unconscious. This person has created it unconsciously and attracted it unconsciously. And that's why good luck often comes to people who tend to, we, we describe as lucky. Lucky people tend to have a lot of good luck. Why? Because they have a certain energy vibration. Whether they are conscious of their manifesting or not, they, are, they have a certain resonant frequency. They send out a certain signal into the universe of being lucky, of being worthy of receiving these things. And, and they want things. They, they, they buy a lottery ticket because they believe that they are going to win and it comes to them. But it's all unconscious. They don't realize that they actually bring this to themselves through their, just with their, their being, the way they are in the world. Like attracts like. Our second path is the path of misfortune, which is the other side of this coin. Because a lot of people have a lot of good luck, and then there are also a lot of people who have a lot of misfortune. You know, and we, we call ourselves, um, uh, I can't remember the term now, but you know, um, accident prone and things like that. That's when misfortune or bad luck happens to unconscious creators. Unconsciously, they attract unpleasant, undesirable experiences into their lives through negative, lower vibrations or resonant frequencies. Same as the luck thing. And isn't it true that the people who often deserve the least amount of bad luck, like you, your heart breaks for them because they don't need this misfortune in their life right now. They don't need this kind of bad luck. I mean, look at their lives. They've already had so much bad luck. How much more misfortune can hit one poor person? I mean, it, you know, we have sayings like, it never rains, but it pours. It's the one thing after the other, this poor person. Why? Because they have this negative vibration the whole time. It's the one thing, and they believe that they are unlucky. They believe that bad things happen to them all the time. And therefore, they just attract more and more and more and more of the same. It could even be triggered by something that was predestined. You have one predestined event that you have no control over that happens. That's a setback in your life. Or you choose to see it as a setback. You act according. You start feeling. You start feeling sorry for yourself. You start feeling negative. You're angry. You're sorry. You're hateful. You're resentful. Whatever. And then you start attracting more. And why am I so unlucky? And the next thing you know, the next bad luck comes. And the next. And the rest of it's your all your own creations. So it's like a vicious cycle that you trigger. It comes back to what you think, what you feel, what you believe. Carl Jung, famous psychologist, said. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So those are our first two pathways. Path of luck, path of misfortune. Both unconscious manifesting. Now let's look at the other side of the scale, which is the conscious manifesting. 
now this, these people are conscious of what they are manifesting. Um, they're making an effort to deli deliberately create and attract certain things. But once again, we have a positive and a negative, a dual situation. There's the path of resistance and the path of abundance. The path of resistance is when we manifest things consciously, but then we, we create these things consciously. We deliberately create certain things. I want this to happen. I, int I have an intention for this to come into my life. But then, immediately afterwards, they follow it up with all kinds of negative lower vibrational emotions or beliefs or thoughts. So they basically cancel it out. They start putting up resistance to the actual attraction and manifest, manifesting of these desires. So they slide back to their old false beliefs, their old negative thinking patterns. They wake up to, today and say, you know what? I have an intention to achieve this in my life or attract that into my life. I needed to fulfill my soul purpose, my life calling. And then by this evening, they're all negative and they believe it will never come because they don't deserve it and because their father or their mother told them that they're not deserving or their teacher or the church or the government or whatever. And they start blaming others and they're resentful and negative and all these things. Sad, depressed, frustrated. And they create resistance. And these things cannot come to them because they're not offering a matching vibration. And you know where I see this most often in my work, with the kind of work that I do? I deal with a lot of people that have this intense desire or intention to find their ideal life partner. Okay? A lot of people out there want their soulmate. They want their life partner, that the one, that person, the person of their dreams. And what's interesting, what I find with a lot of people is they want the ideal partner. They deliberately create this partner in their mind. They do all the exercises from the seminars and the books, including mine. They do all this stuff. They create this perfect partner in their mind's eye, and the partner doesn't come. Guess why? Usually, there are many reasons, but one of the main reasons is the fact of the matter is to find the perfect partner, to attract the perfect partner, you have to become the perfect partner yourself. You have to offer a matching vibration. The perfect mate is going to be out there looking for a partner who is like them. They are not going to be looking for someone who is constantly sad or pessimistic or unenthusiastic or skeptical or angry or frustrated or unhappy or distrustful or cynical. The fact of the matter is Victims and martyrs simply do not make the best marriage material. The only potential partners you will attract with that negative kind of emotion and that lower energy vibration are people who resonate with your low vibration. And that's clearly not the beginnings of a very happy and fulfilling long-term relationship. And there's another form of resistance manifesting, and that is when we consciously create something negative or bad, and then we proceed to attract it into our lives by offering a matching vibration of negative emotions. So not only do we create positive things and then we put up resistance by not offering a match, we also do the opposite. We create negative things by through what we think and feel and then we attract those negative things instead. And this is what happens often when you're constantly focusing on all the negative stuff in life. 
If you think negative thoughts and you indulge in negative emotions, you are literally inviting more and more misery and disappointment into your life. That's the problem with creation and attraction. We don't just create and attract the things that we do want. We also create and attract the things that we don't want if we continue to focus on them. So if you don't want those things, don't think about them. Don't indulge them. Don't invite them into your reality. Focus on the things that you do want. That's the path of resistance. And then finally, the fourth part is the path of abundance, which is the one that we all want. This is the winning ticket, the path of abundance. It's the path of manifesting for the spiritually awakened person. It is the path of deliberate creation and intentional attraction of good things. We manifest abundance when we are consciously creating and attracting everything we need, everything we want, everything we desire into our lives, as long as it serves the greater good, just a side note, and we do this through maintaining a consistent, positive, higher vibrational, emotional, and spiritual state. If you see only the incomplete, the imperfect, the relative, the limited, then that's what will manifest in your life. But if you see the perfect and the complete and the harmonious and the wholesome and the healthful, then that is what you will manifest. It's as simple as that. The power is in your hands and you can start doing this right now, today. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't need to read another book or go to another seminar. Those things help. They are very helpful, especially if you're hitting a rough patch in your life. It helps to just inspire you to get back on track. But in the end, you're going to have to do it yourself. Nobody else can do it for you. Claim back your divine right to manifest an awakened and abundant life. You came here with this superpower. You have the right to do this. And when you do this, do remember the universe does not revolve around you. You are just a small particle in a bigger scheme of things. And sometimes the things that you ask for will not come or come in the way that you expected them because it doesn't serve the greater good. Maybe it's harmful to somebody else. Maybe it disrupts the balance of everything. Maybe it is harmful to the planet or to the environment. And then, of course, you won't get it or you won't get it in the way that you hoped for. Claim back your divine right to manifest the life that you deserve. I hope this was a um, helpful show to you. Um, it is a lot of information to take in all at once. Um, but of course, the purpose of the show is just to introduce you to many of these concepts. And I would advise that you actually um, get a copy of my book or other books that deal with these subjects um, to help you along your journey. Um, with that being said, I've got a caller on the line. Um, let me just get Kathy on the line, and we're going to have a chat with Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you? Hi, Kathy. I'm very well. Thank you for calling in. Welcome to the show. Kathy, where are you calling from? I am calling from Maryland. Well, welcome from Maryland, Kathy. Um, you said that you um, that you had a question for me. How can I help? Um, I am on my spiritual awakening, um, and um, I'm doing all these different things. I have taken two Reiki classes. Um, I am playing with the tarot cards, and uh, I'm reading a lot of different books. 
Is that the right way to do it? <laughs> Absolutely. There's no there's no right or wrong way. Um, it's unique that the, your your journey is unique to every person, and and that's the thing that you need to do here, Kathy, is you are definitely, um, I'm getting that you are definitely on the right path, but you are very much in the early stages. So don't become impatient at this point. Because the thing is, what's happening with you at the moment is that, like I said at the beginning of the show, you know, um, creating a divine, spiritually awakened life is about finding that balance between your, your spiritual life and your physical human life. And now what's happening with you at the moment is that there's a gradual introduction of all these spiritual things, for the lack of a better word, um, into your consciousness and into your awareness. And that is a process. And, you know, we tend to, we, we grow up in a society, in a world where, we want things to happen quickly. You know, we're a bit impatient because we're so used to pressing buttons and clicking things and then it happens. Um, and spirit doesn't work that way. Spirit, all things spiritual always takes time. You know, even the manifesting that we talked about tonight, um, I have found personally in my life that the, the, the major things that I've um, set an intention for to manifest often takes around at least two to three to four years to manifest. Okay. I mean, the smaller... The smaller little stuff happens quickly, like within a couple of days or weeks. But I'm talking like really petty little basic daily things. But like major stuff, like I'm talking about finding your soulmate or that major career change that you've been planning or um, purchasing a home or, you know, really big steps that people take in their lives. Um, if you've set an intention to manifest it in a certain way, that, that can take literally two, three, four years, five years sometimes. Wow. So um, don't... Don't be impatient about it. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And the thing is, you're very much at the beginning stages now. And, and what, what, is, what, what is good about what you're doing is that you are literally window shopping. You're shopping around. Um, it's good to think of yourself as little red riding hood with your big empty basket over your arm and you're going out on a shopping spree and you are getting samples from every, every short store. You're not buying anything yet because you're not ready for it. You're just collecting some samples. So play around with a tarot, buy a book, go to a seminar, go to Reiki, go to yoga, whatever it is that, that um, you know, um, makes you feel excited, whatever resonates with you. As long as whatever you are doing or whatever you are exploring or reading or studying, as long as that brings you a, a, a positive state of being. In other words, if you have positive emotion attached to that. So if you go to Reiki and it makes you feel excited to go there and you feel good about going, any positive emotion, interested, excited, happy, serene, peaceful, whatever, as long as it's a positive emotion, then you know that you're on the right track because you are in line with your divine self. If anything gives you an icky, negative, not doesn't feel right, it's a bit off, if you start feeling negative emotion or your intuition, your gut feeling tells you that this is not for you, Kathy, then stay away from it. Move yeah. away from it. I've already And you will it. find... I'm glad, I'm glad that you have, because a lot of people do, they, 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 they have all, all kinds of other people, the moment you become spiritually aware, you have all these people telling you things, you know, this one believes that, 
some alien's going to shoot the earth with a laser beam and this one tells you that the earth is going to explode on the 21st of December 2012, etc., etc. And you can easily start freaking out with all the stuff that comes your way. And that's why the moment, if something is, is based in fear and it brings you negative emotion or it's based in judgment of religion and that kind of thing, steer away from it. You will, that will keep you going to the light. And as long as it makes you feel good and it makes you happy and it brings joy and, and serenity and peace and happiness into your life, then you know you're going in the right direction. Is that making sense, Kathy? Yeah. When this started, my ear started buzzing, but that has nothing to do with this, right? Uh, no, it definitely may have. It may have. Um, the thing is, if it really becomes problematic for you that it like you know if it affects your quality of life, then you might want to have it checked out medically. But um, often that happens when we have a raised um, energy vibration. The moment you know you, you you become spiritually aware, it's like a surge of energy that suddenly starts moving through your body because you're basically like a a, a conduit or a, a energy generator, you know, and this energy is passing through your body and you're basically circulating energy through all your chakras. But it doesn't um, stop. It, it, what did you say? It doesn't want to stop. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I've asked it to, like, turn off and it won't do it. <laughs> Yes. What you need to do, one of the first things that you can try, look, it can be many things, okay? So you need to, you need to explore, explore different options and see if you can find something that's going to work for you. And like I say, if it really is problematic, like when you, if you start losing your balance, that you may be falling over and you can hurt yourself, things like that, it might be a good idea to have it out, checked out medically because it can just be a physical medical condition as well. So that would always be my first advice. If you're not sure, go and see your doctor. I but did. otherwise... What yeah. you can do is, if the doctor doesn't find anything wrong, then it is most probably a spiritual, something spiritual. And um, the first thing that you can maybe look at is, um, um, is doing some grounding and centering work. Now, there's a whole uh, uh, um, uh, section in my book based uh, about this because it's your foundation. Before you start doing any meditating, reading cards, Anything, any spiritual exploration, any spiritual practice new that you start engaging in, um, you need to f come from a place of centeredness and groundedness. And what ground centering is bringing you, you, you back to center um, spiritually, and um, because we've got a lot of human distractions, so we need to come back to center. And then grounding is about releasing some of the extra energy, because when you are spiritually suddenly very highly aware there's a lot of energy flowing through you and it's almost like a, a you you get it people have it at the houses as well for lightning you know it attracts lightning and the lightning dissipates the energy of the lightning when it hits that rod it dissipates into the ground and that is what grounding is um, grounding is to release that excess energy um, back into the universe so that it doesn't revolve around you the whole time and affect you in this way, in a physical way. So you might want to start with that. Start with grounding and centering exercises together with your daily meditation um, mm -hmm. and uh, see how that goes. And um, you're lucky because uh, you called in tonight. You are going to get a free copy of my book, Yay. Divine Living, The <laughs> True the guide to your true destiny. I'm going to send you a copy and all the stuff is in there, the grounding, the centering, how you do that. I really urge you to, to start with that as soon as possible and see if it helps. All right. Can I ask you one more question? Sure. We still have a few minutes. All right. There's a, 
a, a psychic out there that that you sh- says you should say I'm God, but I don't like that. I like to say I'm a co-creator. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you. Saying that you are God is is very human. It's 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 once again back to the ego. You know, anything if anybody says anything to you about anything that somehow serves their own ego in some way, then always be careful because people get caught up in this. You also get people that say that psychics, for instance, are more spiritually evolved or, or you know, are, are more uh, highly evolved spiritual beings, that kind of thing, or they're special in some way. Um, and nobody is special. There's no, there's no rank or hierarchy or status in the spiritual realm. These are all man-made things. You know, human beings come come from like with with our primitive ancestors. We needed leaders to tell us what to do because we didn't want to think for ourselves, that kind of thing. But you don't need that in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, there is no such thing as one person or one spiritual entity being more important than another. So anything that that comes with with this is your rank or your status. Any religion as well that you know you have to go through certain levels to achieve certain things before you qualify that kind of thing, um, be always very weary of that because that stuff is man-made. And not all man-made stuff is bad. Sometimes we need categories and ranks and stuff to organize stuff and to structure things so that we all get along better and understand things better. But be careful when it becomes a way of controlling other people. If you are are engaging with someone that makes you feel controlled um, and, and, you know, coerced into doing things you don't want to do, Always be very careful. Okay. And with that, Kathy, thank you very much for calling in. I'm going to have to love you and leave you because we've run out of time. Thank you so much for calling in, and your book will be on its way. Um, I'll be sending you an email after the show. Thank you, Kathy. Your show. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. And with that, we've come to the end of the show. May the energy of the divine self inspire you and the light of the soul direct you. Thank you for listening to the show. Namaste. You have been listening to Divine Living Today with psychic medium and destiny coach, Anton St. Martin. For more information about Anton's services, visit his website at antonstmartin.com.